everyone. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. Positively Pro-Life brings you inspirational stories, important legislative updates, and informative interviews as we restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm Bonnie Finnerty, Education Director at the Federation, and I am joined by my distinguished colleague, Maria Gallagher, our Legislative Director. Hello, Maria. Hello, Bonnie. It's great to be with you today. And it's great to be with you. But I do have a little announcement to make um, to all of our listeners that today will actually be my last day podcasting on Positively Pro-Life, as I'm going to be leaving my position as the Education Director for the Federation. Um, And I am going to become what I'd like to call a full-time baba, which is a grandmother to my five, five, well, four and one pending grandchildren, and also doing some pro-life work in my parish. So um, I'm going to be entering a new season of life, but um, one of the things I'm going to miss the most is this podcast, Uh, just meeting all the wonderful people that we've had as guests and learning so much from them and sharing all of that with our listeners. It has been such a privilege to do that with you, Maria, um, and I will miss that a great deal. So I just wanted to let everybody know next week when you tune in, we will have another co-host and I'll let you tune in next week to find out who that's going to be. She's going to be fantastic. And like all the uh, past episodes, again today, we have an awesome guest. Now, we often hear in the abortion debate the word choice, but surveys of post-abortive women show that many of them, nearly three-quarter of them, feel some level of coercion, whether by the father, parents, friends, or just society in general. And many women say that if just one other person reached out to them and spoke to them and gave them another choice and maybe some resources, they would have chosen life. That is why sidewalk counseling outside of abortion centers is so critical. It is the last chance for a woman to hear a compassionate voice offering life-affirming options. Today, we will talk with Lauren Muzika. Lauren, I hope I said that correctly, who is an attorney who founded Sidewalk Advocates for Life. She'll explain their mission and vision and share the impact that sidewalk advocacy is having on saving lives. In addition, Maria will fill us in on Planned Parenthood's efforts to expand abortion in Pennsylvania. But first, we'll begin with a very encouraging and inspirational event, the March for Life. My husband and I had the opportunity to attend in person this year, the first post-row March for Life. Now, some had wondered if pro-lifers would show since the Dobbs decision overturned Roe last June, and since the fight for life has now gone to the states. In fact, several states are holding their own marches. Well, let me assure you, pro-lifers did show up. The estimate that I saw that was given was 100,000 pro-lifers that came to D.C. Of course, you didn't hear about this in the mainstream media. I've been to many past marches, and the crowd here felt every bit as big. The energy and excitement was tremendous, and the diversity of groups, young, old, Christian, Jewish, secular, male, female, singles, couples, college students, seniors, all of that was evidence that this is a fundamental human rights issue upon which people of different backgrounds and beliefs can agree that all life is worthy of protection 
and that no human life is disposable. There's a lot I could say about the march, but I did want to focus particularly on some of the speakers who I thought were particularly outstanding. Um, I'm just going to mention three of them real quickly. The first was, um, well, many Catholics might be familiar with this name. Her name is St. Gianna Beretta Mola. Um, she was an Italian doctor who refused to abort her child during her fourth pregnancy, despite being diagnosed with the tumor. She died just a week after giving birth to her daughter, also named Gianna, who is now also a doctor. Well, Gianna Emanuela Mola, the daughter, came to the March for Life and offered her own beautiful reflection on the gift of precious life. And she's so grateful for the sacrifice her mother made so that she could live. Another remarkable moment was when two sisters spoke. Sister Mary Casey O'Connor of the Sisters of Life approached the podium with her biological sister, who is literally her twin sister, also named Casey, who happens to have Down syndrome. Now, I had never known of fraternal twins where one had Down syndrome. In fact, that wasn't even something I'd even thought about. But here they were, two women, twin sisters, one a sister of life in the Catholic tradition, and the other a woman with Down syndrome who attended college, works as a teacher's assistant, is an accomplished Special Olympian, and spoke on a national stage to 100,000 people. And what was her message to us? She loves life. She loves her life. And she believes every life is worth loving and protecting, including those lives with Down syndrome. And another couple who gave an incredibly powerful witness were football coach Tony Dungy and his wife, Lauren, parents to 11 children, eight of whom are adopted. They shared what moved them to open their home and expand their family. And they shared the power of prayer in protecting and saving lives. Now, this is a couple who knew much success and comfort, but were not apt to sit in that comfort. Rather, they felt called to open their arms and embrace the lives of children in need of a home. In addition, it is worth noting that as a public figure, Tony Dungy knew he would receive much pushback for speaking out at the March for Life, but he did it anyway. And the final speaker was also a favorite of mine, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus in the highly acclaimed series, The Chosen. Summarizing his amazing speech would take up an entire podcast, so instead I'm going to encourage everyone to view it on YouTube. Now, in closing, I just wanna say that the first post-Roe March for Life was truly an outstanding event by every measure. And I myself have been both edified and inspired by it. And I hope you too, whether you were there or just listening about it, have also been inspired. Maria. Thank you so much, Bonnie. I know that I was inspired by watching the March for Life on um, the, uh, the Catholic radio network, television network. Um, and it, it was truly a spectacular event. Now, back here in Pennsylvania, uh, we face a situation where Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion operation, wants to expand abortion in the Keystone State. They are openly marketing abortion to women in other states, especially states that have more protective laws than Pennsylvania does. And so a group of Planned Parenthood representatives met with uh, the new governor, Josh Shapiro, a pro-abortion Democrat, um, to try to uh, lay out their game plan for abortion in Pennsylvania. And uh, 
basically, they want to dismantle the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act, which has saved so many lives since it went into effect in the mid-1990s. And uh, interestingly enough, um, when Josh Shapiro ran for governor, he said he supported current law. Well, the current law is the Abortion Control Act. And if he goes about trying to dismantle that law, he's going against his campaign promise. The Abortion Control Act is just common sense legislation. It has a 24-hour waiting period for abortion. It has a ban on late-term abortions. It has a ban on sex selection abortions. It has parental consent for abortion and informed consent for abortion. And informed consent means that women must be told the risks of abortion and alternatives to abortion prior to an abortion taking place. So it's a very important law. And although we want to protect every single child in Pennsylvania, we want to, at this point, protect the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act. And we feel that's a top priority for us in the Keystone State. Um, and we know that so many women have been helped and so many lives of unborn children have been saved as a result of that Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act. We know that, unfortunately, there are 33,000 abortions in Pennsylvania in a given year. Um, basically, 91 children lose their lives to abortion every single day in Pennsylvania. That's far too many. But we know that the abortion rate would climb if it were not for so many pregnancy help centers throughout Pennsylvania, which are providing comprehensive support and counseling to women in difficult circumstances. So I want to encourage our listeners to contact their state representatives and state senator and urge them to support the Pennsylvania Abortion Control Act because lives depend on it. Bonnie. Thank you so much, Maria. I, I know when I came here, I learned that the Federation was instrumental in getting that passed. And on leaving, I take great comfort in knowing the Federation will continue to, to fight for the Abortion Control Act and to protect babies and their mothers. Uh, so I am thrilled to uh, introduce today's guest. It is truly an honor. Lauren Muzika is the founder, president, and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life, where she oversees the organization's vision, mission, and program. Lauren is a licensed attorney whose passion for defending the sanctity of human life led her into the pro-life movement. She has over 20 years of sidewalk outreach experience, including participating in the very first 40 Days for Life campaign and later serving as 40 Days for Life's campaign strategist, advising their 300 plus campaigns in North America. Inspired by the transformative power of prayer and peaceful outreach on the sidewalk, she founded Sidewalk Advocates for Life in 2014. Lauren is a 2009 cum laude graduate of Ave Maria School of Law, and she has interned with organizations such as Alliance Defending Freedom, Americans United for Life, Liberty Institute, Texas Alliance for Life, and the Collin County District Attorney's Office. Lauren has presented at multiple national conferences and been interviewed on various national and international media outlets. In 2022, Lauren was named the Pro-Life Woman of the Year at the annual Pro-Life Women's Conference. And in 2020, she received the inaugural 
Ave Maria School of Law Alumni Association Distinguished Alumni Award. We are so honored to have Lauren join us today. Welcome to Positively Pro-Life. Thank you, ladies. Such an honor to be with you. Lauren, what is Sidewalk Advocates for Life and how was it launched? Yeah, well, I'll share a little bit of my personal story because I think it's intrinsic to how all this got started. Um, In a nutshell, as you alluded to in the introduction, I'm an attorney by trade who ended up in grassroots pro-life work. I always say by the grace of God, so much more interesting than practicing law, right? But always on the side, I just felt called to go to the sidewalk to pray and reach out to abortion vulnerable women and men. Um, For me, it really started in college. When I entered Texas A&M University, students were invited by the local peaceful activist organization, the interdenominational Brazos Valley Coalition for Life, to take part in their stand and pray program. And that was where someone could go out just one hour a week and cover in prayer the new Planned Parenthood abortion facility that had just gone up a year before. And then soon after, we were all invited if we wanted to, if we felt called to it, to get trained as sidewalk counselors. And so they invited in this beautiful Baptist woman from Georgia, famous sidewalk counselor, Karen Black, who's now Karen Black Mercer. She may be familiar to some of your listeners. Um, And she had really insights as a sidewalk counselor that were before her time. I think this was something that the pregnancy help movement had known for a while, but it was the idea that in order to help save babies, we had to first reach the heart of a mother, that she's the one making the decision that babies aren't saved if we don't, you know, understand our true audience, which is the mother who's in crisis and how we can fill those needs in a life-affirming manner. Uh, Again, if all this sounds familiar, this was former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson's abortion facility. I actually got to pray and sidewalk counsel outside this facility when Abby was rising through the ranks of America's largest abortion provider. And this was also the place where the very first 40 Days for Life campaign was birthed. And I I tell you, I just am so grateful, ladies. I, I look back and I mean, talk about witnessing a transformation to have been on a sidewalk that before, and I was part of this too, we were trying to figure out how to respond to the problem of abortion in that little college town, you know, this Planned Parenthood facility that had gone up just a year before in Aggie land. And, you know, we, we were responding in a way, we were responding in a whole bunch of different ways. I I tell people it felt like the sidewalk before 40 days for life was a little chaotic and apprehensive and disorganized. And then When 40 Days for Life showed up, it was like everything became more peaceful, prayerful, and purposeful. I got to see with my own eyes as a college student, having prayed years before, God helped me to reach these women, help women to feel safe and coming to the fence to talk, right? It's like when I saw that peace and prayer you know, had had uh, taken over that sidewalk, then women were coming to the fence to talk. And witnessing all this as a college student, I was hooked, right? I was, I wanted to get, get out to the sidewalk again and again and again. I still didn't get the hint that maybe I was personally called to full-time pro-life work. I actually attended Ave Maria School of Law thinking I was going to be legal counsel for a pro-life pro-family organization. And then soon after my old friend, David B. Wright, who was then now the national director of this this prayer campaign, 40 Days for Life, that had begun to spread all over the globe. He invited me to be their campaign strategist and advise their North American campaigns. And then while there, uh, eventually I saw a need and felt the call to start Sidewalk Advocates for Life. I had their blessing at one point to leave and look at filling this need. 
we were noticing that some people were finding some good sidewalk training, but then they were fizzling out because they didn't have infrastructure or support behind them. And so we thought, you know, just as 40 Days for Life had this ready-made program for people that wanted to really run this huge prayer project, right, for 40 days straight, many times 24-7, a prayer presence 24-7 in front of the local abortion or abortion referral facility, you know, could we do that for sidewalk counselors? And so here we are eight and a half years later, and uh, Sidewalk Advocates for Life has become America's largest sidewalk outreach organization, and glory to God for that. So that's in a nutshell. (laughs) That's that's just remarkable. Now, why is it so important to reach out to pregnant women in front of abortion facilities? Because the other side will say, well, these women have already made up their minds. Why why are you uh, approaching them? Yeah. I can tell you in over 20 years on the sidewalk that that is not true. The idea that women already have their minds made up, maybe a couple of them think that they do, right? But women are going there because, ironically, they don't want to be there. They just don't know where else to go. Women are asking very pivotal questions at abortion facilities. Who am I? Who is this child? Who is God? Does he have a plan for my life? It's really, truly, that sidewalk is the greatest crossroads of life and death in our world today. And when you are at that crossroads, you can't help but ask these very deep and pivotal questions. And I marvel in the over 20 years that I've been on the sidewalk at just how few, I mean, I could probably count on two hands, the number of people that knew that there was a life-affirming pregnancy resource center in their backyard, um, ready to go to bat for them, that their community cared and that they, there were local and national resources available to them. Almost no one arriving at an abortion facility today knows that. And so we have such an opportunity to stand in this gap. Um, one statistic that I'll share with everybody that knocks me over almost every time that I hear it is that 96% of those who enter a Planned Parenthood facility seeking pregnancy-related services get an abortion. 96%. And I, of course, the natural question and response is, you know, agenda much, right? <laughs> we know that America's largest abortion provider does not make money off of women choosing parenting or choosing to place their home or, or choosing to place their child in a loving home through the gift of adoption. But if we can get her through the doors of a pregnancy resource center, that number almost completely flips. We know if we can just get her through the front doors of a life-affirming pregnancy center, they'll give her holistic options counseling and a sonogram. And CareNet Pregnancy Centers, for example, says that as high as 90% when, you know, receiving that, when when getting in front of a sonogram, 90% will choose life. So again, properly understood, what a sidewalk advocate really is doing is serving as a gateway to our, our America's pregnancy centers, to all of the life-affirming resources available to her. It's like we're the paramedics arriving to the scene of the crisis, and we want to get her into the hands of, of those who really serve as the hospital that do this ongoing crisis management. And you've had amazing results, which have been posted to your website, sidewalkadvocates.org. Can you share some of the numbers showing the effectiveness of your ministry? 
Yes. Well, you know, I always tell people that any victory that we've experienced on the sidewalk, God gets the glory for that. It's his light. It's his hope. It's his grace. It's his peace that we're sharing out there as sidewalk advocates, right? Any day now, by his grace, we're going to celebrate 19,000 turnarounds at America's abortion facilities. Um, And also we've got a presence now in Mexico City and Puerto Rico that's part of that too. So in eight and a half years, 19,000 women that accepted life-affirming services or otherwise let us know that they were choosing life. Um, When we're not serving clients, we're there for the workers. And so we've been able to help 85 eternal souls leave the abortion business. And they've gotten referred, of course, to now former Planned Parenthood Director Abby Johnson's abortion worker ministry, where they have opportunities for ongoing healing. And then literally just last week, we marked the closure of abortion facility number 31 in Pensacola, Florida. So where there was a, a an SAFL outreach presence, you know, again, we know that this is a winning formula. You help enough clients, you help enough workers, it's hard for abortion facilities to stay open. And so number 31 just closed uh, in the panhandle of Florida. So to God be the glory. Yeah. That's just outstanding. Now, what kind of training do you provide? Yeah. So it's really, it was really important to us that we tried to think of anything that a sidewalk advocate could encounter on the sidewalk, right? Um, how do you deal with hostile clients or these special cases? Or um, what do you do when uh, a woman does not choose life? When she goes through with an abortion, how are we the first sign of God's mercy to her, right? So what we developed is a comprehensive five-hour A to Z training. We've got a five-point method that walks you through a life-saving conversation with a woman considering abortion, you know, how you reach out to the companion, the boyfriend, friend, mother who comes with her. Again, those special cases, uh, health and life of the mother, rape and incest, uh, signs of sex trafficking. Uh, prenatal diagnosis. How do we help parents in these precarious situations choose life for themselves and for their children? Um, what do you even do with non-abortion clients? If you're in front of a Planned Parenthood, you know, knowing that you have an eye towards seeing this facility shut down, um, how do we, if it's not a morally problematic service, refer them elsewhere and get, you know, basic health care needs met, such as with a well woman exam or STD to STI testing? Um, of course, then outreach to workers and, and then how to help the woman who does not choose life. We know that if we can get her healing resources, that will often prevent future abortions, right? So the idea is that we don't we want sidewalk advocates to feel confident in just about any situation that they can think of on the sidewalk. What have you found to be the most successful tips for sidewalk counselors? Yeah, I love this question. It's such a a great question. Sometimes it's even surprised me what people have said has been the most helpful, right? So I just wrote down a a quick few of them. Um, I think one of the most important things that anybody can really receive is this idea that we need to really turn off the self-monitoring system when we're on the sidewalk. Sure, get good training, but the idea is to simply love the person in front of you. That mother who arrives at the abortion facility has a need or set of needs. She has a perceived crisis. And so the idea is if we can fill that need, then her instinct is to turn back Uh, and reconsider the life of her child, right? This is just natural law. We women are made to give life through our very beings. And it's the enemy that comes in in her life and says, well, you can't have this baby because of X, Y, and Z. So if we fill that need and we say, well, we can help you to put food on the table, or we've got a referral to an incredible maternity home in town, 
Or, hey, I hear that you're in school. Did you know about the special scholarship for pregnant and parenting students on campus or the special housing opportunities, right? So the idea is how do I best love this person standing in front of me and offer to fill those needs? I'd say a couple of other things, especially in modern times, are making sure that we dress in a way that's attractive. You know, we don't need to go out there, you know, in our, our best Sunday wear, but we want to at least look nice, casual, and consider even, especially if we're going to be at a driveway and inviting cars to stop on the public right of way and briefly take information, which is constitutionally permissible, you know, can we wear maybe, for example, a safety reflector vest? And that will help safety. That will also go a long way towards um, giving us that proper air of authority. Again, we've had hours of training, you know, and we're competing with multi-million dollar Planned Parenthood. So in the way that we're presenting ourselves to her, what we're handing her, what our signage looks like. Can we elevate all of that? Can we even have something more professionally produced that can compete well with the abortion industry? Lauren, what would you say to someone who is interested in sidewalk counseling, but a bit fearful? Yeah, well, I would just say that I've been there before. Um, Even now, over 20 years later, when I go to an abortion or abortion referral facility, I still get butterflies in my stomach. I'd still rather be somewhere else than an abortion facility, right? Um, But I, I think we know we go there because of love. We go there because of love. And we know that perfect love casts out all fear. That's what the scriptures tell us. Uh, I tell people, if you can hold a conversation with another human being, you can sidewalk counsel, that we all have strengths and weaknesses that we bring to the sidewalk. You know, sometimes people will say to me, well, Lauren, I'm not a super extrovert like you. I can't just walk up to someone and start a conversation, right? And what I tell the introverts in every class is that you have something on me that you don't even realize, that you're more thoughtful and natural listeners, that me as a talker, I have to sometimes... uh, stay aware of myself and maybe get myself to pause and not just be thinking about the next thing that I'm going to say, like, am I really listening to her, how I can best serve her and what needs she's presenting to me, right? Um, And I think the other thing is that we have to expect that we will be persecuted, that people will blow past us, that they'll refuse our literature, refuse to, to hear us. There will be days that we go out there and we think, well, at least I got a suntan today, right? Um, But What I remember is that Abby Johnson says that at the last Planned Parenthood conference she went to before she came to our side of the fence, Planned Parenthood told her that when there's a peaceful, prayerful presence in front of their facilities, the no-show rate regularly can go up to 75%. In other words, that three out of four women, they would see this in the appointment books, Um, will cancel their appointment when there's just somebody out there praying and reaching out in a spirit of peace, prayer, and love, right? It's not our job to be successful. As Mother Teresa says, it's our job to be faithful. So we go out there and we do our part to be his hands and feet, and we let him worry about the results. Lauren, we've got just about a minute and a half left. Can you explain how people can support your efforts? Yes. Well, it's, again, been such a joy to be with you. And thank you for all the great work that you do, ladies. Um, If people would like to partner with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, if we can serve them, and that's how we really see this, is we want to journey with you as you answer this call. Um, There's three ways. Start, join, give. And actually, the fourth way now is pray. We have a national prayer team if you want to join that. But people can start a location in their backyard. They can join an existing location. So they can go to sidewalkadvocates.org and click locations to find one near them. Again, if you don't have 
have one near you, you can start one at an abortion or abortion referral facility, um, or you can give as well, right? Um, so there's so many different ways to be involved, and we would just love to know what God is calling you to and how we can come alongside of that. Lauren Mazika, the founder, president, and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for having me, ladies. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State. Thank you for joining us. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life. Life.